one subject we've been focusing on, and that subject, of course, is housing. That's what the talk has been about over in Victoria. Bill 44 passed with 45 votes in favour from the New Democratic Caucus. And, of course, the opposition parties with BC United, the Conservatives and BC Greens opposed. Uh, what's this mean in regards to this legislation? Well, more density. Starting in July, July 1st to be exact, developers will be able to start building a minimum of three and up to six units if they are near transit on lots currently zoned for single-family homes and duplexes uh, in municipalities um, that have populations over 5,000 people. Well, this afternoon, Housing Minister Ravi Kailan spoke about this historical le- legislation and the fact that it will, he says, deliver homes a lot faster. We are unlocking more homes and creating the conditions that encourage faster housing delivery in communities throughout BC. It will require every level of uh, partnership to make this happen. Indigenous partners, local governments, federal government, not-for-profits, developers and homeowners. All of these changes will be far-reaching, putting us all to work together to build the stronger BC that we all want. That is uh, Housing Minister Ravi Kailan. Well, joining us now is Global BC's legislative reporter, Richard Zussman. Good afternoon, Richard. Hey, Jess. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I mean, there's been lots of uh, debating, arguing. Uh, I know the opposition wasn't very happy in regards to how this bill was introduced, how it was discussed, and the fact that they, I guess, at the end of the day, weren't able to provide amendments and debate this issue. Uh, Give me a sense of what the last 24 hours have been like. Yeah, so we're hearing more and more from mayors joining the chorus of frustration saying, we want to see some amendments here to ensure that when the density comes, uh, when additional housing comes, that we have the support to go with it. And there have been requests to account for certain challenges municipalities face. The latest today, we're hearing again from the Parksville mayor here on Vancouver Island saying, We need to have a better understanding about the Airbnb legislation and how that uh, jives with the other pieces of legislation, including the speculation tax changes and what that will mean for our community. And because of that, we need special exceptions. Well, when the minister was asked about special exceptions, he in essence said there will be no carve outs. There will be no special treatment. All municipalities will be getting this province-wide legislation. And there is the challenge, Jazz. And you've heard it all week uh, that mayors are frustrated that, you know, no matter what their certain conditions are, they are being treated the same. And you mentioned Councillor Dylan Kruger. He was the topic of conversation here as well because of, you know, the tweets that he sent out that I know that, that you have responded to as well, supporting the province's legislation uh, his history working with, you know, the B.C. Liberals is well known. And Kevin Falcon, in essence, was left to have to try to explain how, you know, on one hand, he can understand Councillor Kruger's frustration that there hasn't been enough housing in Delta, while at the same time try to uh, criticize legislation that uh, he is voting against in the House. So it's a bit of a political mess in terms of where people are siding, because the reason why it's becoming a mess, everybody thinks there needs to be more housing. The struggle is how do we do it, how do we do it quickly, and how do we not place excessive burden on municipalities? Now, uh, Minister Kalon was uh, asked at this press conference uh, about whether or not this legislation, Bigfoot's obviously municipal councils, but it will lead to more cookie-cutter housing. Take a listen uh, to what he had to say. 
What's important to us is to ensure that the regulations that are required pass. Once the regulations have passed, we will be making both the regulations public, but also we'll be making the economic analysis public so that yourself and all the people in British Columbia can see what is the potential outcome from uh, the important steps that we've taken. It's also important to note that the legislation obviously is very important. All the pieces that we've done are very important, but there's still a lot of market conditions such as interest rates, um, uh, global global inflation that puts pressure on housing, but uh, we will be making all of that information public so that everyone can see uh, what we believe uh, can be the outcome of the legislation that we brought forward. Now, one of the things uh, the minister uh, and the government have been saying is that this legislation, over time, uh, they are projecting a 7 to 14% drop in house prices because of this legislation, this greater density, uh, which I can't even in my lifetime remember a 17 to 14% drop in house prices, except probably in the uh, early uh, 1980s. Let's listen to the, the uh, comments from Minister, uh, Minister Callon again. Well, what we have seen from jurisdictions around the world is that if you increase the housing supply while also invest dramatically in non-market housing, you can see a reduction in rents. And that's what we're talking about here, making sure that the supply meets the demand we have. We have been welcoming people to British Columbia at historic rates. People are coming here because they actually see what we see, which is a strong economy and real opportunities for them. Uh, that is great. We welcome them. But we need to ensure that the housing keeps up with that. That's what this legislation is about. This is what all the work we're doing is about. And again, we'll make that economic analysis uh, public for everyone to see very very soon. Richard, I find it amazing that we've raised in interest rates as once in a generation increase over the last 18 months, and Vancouver house prices have not dropped 7 to 14%. Uh, the interest rates haven't been able to do it. A global economy slowdown, has been economic, economic slow, slowdown hasn't been able to do it. Uh, do you buy the 7 to 14% drop uh, that the minister is talking about? I have a hard time believing it. Obviously, people want to live in a place where they can listen to CKW all the time. Um, there are clearly things about Metro Vancouver that are attracting buyers. We're seeing this in some of the hottest housing markets around the world, that you know, even though there's a downturn, even though governments are attempting to put in policies to prevent ownership, uh, that it's not having any real impact on pricing. So now we're starting to see again this greater pressure on creating more supply, but we all know that takes time and comes with all of the challenges that you and I have spent a lot of time discussing. First off, we just don't have enough people to build the housing. Yeah. And then on top of that, we just don't have enough infrastructure to support the housing, if that's electricity, sewage, roadways. So take all of that aside, even if you did have the housing, the demand still exists. And seeing this sort of price drop is something that is hard to believe. The target really is finding this missing middle, as it's been described, that, you know, different ranges of housing. We're not talking about $3 million detached homes in Vancouver. We're talking about trying to find places where people settle to live somewhere a little bit smaller, maybe with less yard, maybe with shared space, looking at 1,200, 1,600 square feet in order to drop the price point. <clears throat> I'm not sure the solution is take a $2 million home and make it worth $1.5 million. I just don't think that's realistic in Metro Vancouver. What is more realistic is take a lot with one house, turn it into four, but instead of having a 3,000-square-foot house, have some townhouses there, 800 to 1,200 square feet. Yeah. Accommodate for different styles of living. That's how we address pricing 
But I just don't believe that we're going to see that significant to drop off, especially an existing stock, because, you know, people want to live here. Yeah. Immigrants are coming. I, I just don't I don't know if it adds up to you, just 250,000 people have come here in the last two years. Yeah. They need somewhere to live. Like, and, and so with that demand means that there's going to continue to be high prices, but there needs to be that solution of just finding other types of housing that people can get into and, and rentals and, and the being creative and finding just places for people to live and call home. I find it fascinating that, uh, you know, former BC Liberal cabinet minister, now an opposition member, Shirley Bond from Prince George, was complaining about, oh, this is being rammed through, and three former BC Liberal staffers, or at least one, in this case, she was pushing back on Dylan Kruger, the Delta Councillor now, but two other uh, former BC Liberal staffers pushed back on a former minister as well, saying, you don't get it. There is a generational divide that that you can just see. Um, But does the NDP... I'm, I'm sure they obviously don't want to be picking fights with Surrey or Langley or Parksville, whatever community it may be. Is there enough leeway they've given themselves to say, look, if we have to make some changes, we're willing to do that next year. We do not want this to be a, a massive election issue. There is huge leeway. And the generational comment you made, Jess, is crucial here. They, voters will look at BC United and see a different generation. And they will look at Revy Callon, you know, Dad of one in Delta, young family, Premier David Eby, family about to be of three kids, you know, speaking to the sort of issues that people are feeling. They're not speaking to those who already own their home in Metro Vancouver, who largely have done very well with that property. It's about getting people into their homes for the future. And speaking to that generation is going to be crucial. And that gives the province a lot of leeway to say to municipalities, We are going through this because we know the people in your community want it. And maybe this isn't the perfect way to execute it, but we know that people want to see action to ensure that there are various options when it comes to housing so people can have some hope of realizing that dream of home ownership, you know, whatever that looks like, or at least a consistent, you know, safe, clean, nice place to rent that's, you know, close to transit or close to work that, that they can call their own because right now for a lot of people, that's not a reality finding, you know, a consistent place to rent without fear of getting rent evicted or tossed out or seeing massive increases in rent or the dream of home ownership seems unattainable for so many. So they do have a lot of leeway to put pressure on municipalities here. May not be the perfect way, but they do have that political leeway. Richard, as always, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jess. Have a great show.